0: Hi, my name is Nathan Hinkle, and I'm the lead pastor here at White Oak. We began a series last week, which we are calling Monsters. Now, because of the season and the time of year that we're in, um, we're able to have a little bit of fun with this topic, Uh, so I hope you've been um, enjoying that with us. However, the attitudes, behaviors, or sin that can creep into our relationships is anything but fun. You know, we all face these monsters in our relationships. Now, these can be the behaviors that we see in other people, but they can also be the attitudes that manifest themselves in our own hearts, and those things impact the people around us. And the truth is, left unchecked, uncorrected, and unsurrendered to our Heavenly Father, these things, these attitudes, these, these, um, this sin, it can destroy our relationships. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, they can hinder our lives from being transformed more into the likeness of Jesus. And, and that's true discipleship, learning from Jesus to be like Jesus. And the people in your life need transformed by Jesus just as much as you do. So today, we're talking about werewolves, right? Uh, Now, the term werewolf literally means man-wolf, okay? So it's not overly complex. And there are several pop culture images that come to mind when we think of werewolves. Now, my favorite is probably this guy, all right? This is 1985, Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf, okay? That was from when I was a kid, but also in 2011, there was a TV series uh, based off that movie, and so it's also very recent. But the lore of werewolves has been around for, honestly, thousands of years. There's an ancient Sumerian epic poem, which contains stories of werewolves. There's also a Norse myth a father-son duo happens upon this magical wolf pelts that when they put them on, they're temporarily turned into wolves. And this pair goes on a deadly rampage until, uh, spoiler alert, unless you were going to watch the movie, the father turns on the son. We even see a nod to werewolves in Greek mythology when Zeus punishes Lyceon by turning him and his sons into, you guessed it, wolves. And then of course, centuries ago in Europe, people claimed to see um, men shifting into wolves who committed these heinous acts of murder. Some of these guys even confessed that they had a magical ointment which turned them into these wolf-like killers. And you might, now you might imagine that there were two ways which were thought to kill werewolves. One naturally being burning at the stake it was a very popular thing to do then but later it was suggested that a silver bullet would do the trick now with werewolves now here's the thing we need to understand what we're really talking about today is anger in the legends when men turned into werewolves they unleashed this uncontrollable wild anger and violence. And the reality is, we all have anger issues. I mean, we really do. We all have some anger issues. You either struggle to rein in your own anger sometimes, or you work with, you love, or you interact with someone who does. And so we find ourselves using words that cut other people down. We find ourselves in relationships where we are the recipient of angry words, and that can be from someone at school to to a boss, maybe a family member. We find ourselves lashing out, and sometimes when we're angry, we find ourselves throwing objects, or our days are ruined because of an angry moment. And other people have power to ruin our days too because of their anger, and some of us have wounds because of the anger someone else has doled out toward us. And when anger goes unchecked, it will impact our lives and those around us with devastating effect. But listen, God offers us the the silver bullet for killing the werewolf inside of each of us and stopping the spread of anger to those around us. Then, We will be controlled, uh, not by our anger, but instead, we will control it. And we will be controlled by something else, actually by someone else, who promises us us a, a fuller, more abundant way of life. So here is our big idea for today. Control your anger before it controls you. Control your anger before it controls you. No matter who you are or what your faith looks like or what season of life you're in, there is a battle within each of us where we try to restrain the wild animal instincts inside of us. So there is this what is called wisdom literature that is in the Old Testament of our Bibles. It's where some of ancient Israel's leaders and kings wrote of the things they learned in life as they wrestled with life itself and their relationship with God. In the book of Proverbs, it says this in chapter 14, verse 29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. And even Jesus' brother, James, says this in his book in the New Testament of our Bibles, and this is in James chapter 1, starting with verse 19. This is what he says. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Now, if you had an older brother who was constantly showing you up at parties by turning water into wine or getting all the attention in the community for bringing people back from the dead, like you would probably dealing uh, with some anger issues too, right? But so, so, so we understand what James is coming from. But see, Paul says this in his letter as he writes to the Christians in Ephesus. And this is in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 26. He says, and don't sin by letting your anger control you don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil so here's the point you need to understand your anger why are you angry what makes you angry and why and maybe we need to seek out counseling to help to help us understand our anger but you have a choice as to how you will respond in every situation. And here's something else. A hot temper is a big deal as it displays great foolishness. And so you have to slow down, slow down. There's no such thing as a short fuse or a hot temper. They're simply fools who rush in too quickly or those who are wise and slow down. Finally, anger requires urgency. Like it's a critical issue now And it needs paid attention to now. Because if you want the good things of God to be cultivated in your life and if you want them to be discovered by others because of your life, we must get control of anger and replace it with something else. So let me say this real quick to those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus. You can be a Christian, but not have a regenerated heart. You can believe in Jesus without having had him transform your heart. And that's why our big idea is so critical for today. Control your anger before it controls you. And the most powerful and effective way for doing that is to allow God's Spirit to take control of your life. Now, You've actually seen this be true. Now, you may not believe what I just told you, or you may not recognize it, or know what it looks like if God's Spirit was truly in in charge of your life. But it's true that it's the most effective way to kill anger, and you've seen it. The historian and Jesus follower, Luke, spent time with Jesus' closest friends, and they told him about this event which they witnessed, while they were with Jesus. And so Luke records it for us in Luke chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 26. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. Now, this man is possessed by demonic forces and this much we do know. And there's something very real inside of him which no one around him, his family or coworkers or anybody in town could stand any longer. So he was kicked out of his home. He was fired from his job, right? He was driven out of the city. And I love this detail because Luke is like such a detailed historian. This man's also been roaming around naked and I, naked anger is like one of the worst kinds, all right? I don't even know if that's true. But anyway, he's angry and he's violent, right? And though his neighbors have attempted to literally tie him up, we're told that he has broken the ropes and the chains that like they were paper. He lives in the cemetery and day and night he roams around angry and screaming at life and the world. Now, does any of that sound like anyone you know? I mean, perhaps not demon possessed, but maybe, but probably not. But but someone that's just often out of control, maybe violent, someone flippant with their angry words, like they're hard to be around, it's like something or someone kind of had just has taken over them or you're, and there's something inside of them that's just, this just, just, just anger just wells up and spills out. With some honest assessment, any of these qualities could be true about someone we know or even you or me. And our responses to anger can look very differently depending on the person and the situation. So here are a few directions we often are tempted to take our werewolf-type anger. The first is the passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive. Now, when, the monster, when this monster gets a hold of us, um, in this case, we give a cold shoulder or there's a snarky under the breath comment, or the anger sometimes just flares up and it seems to come out of nowhere. And now this monster knows how to hold a grudge. And we allow ourselves to stew in anger while making sure we're punishing the people in our lives so that they know we're angry. But there's also this one, the ignorer. Now the ignorer just pretends that nothing happened. Like we're a brick wall and and nothing can penetrate us. And and the ignore just represses the anger. And you think you're helping by not like acting out being angry. Or maybe you think you'll, you'll elicit some attention from other people when someone asks you why you're not acting angry. And the truth is, you can't ignore it. And that beast of anger is eating you up inside. Which leads us to the next one the exploder now this monster just blows things up there is the short fuse right or the hot temper and you know when this person's angry right I mean there's yelling there's excessive um, body language and lots of hurtful words and sometimes you regret it often this response makes you feel powerful and in charge but you're not in control and you're driving people away. I remember when I was in college and I um, worked as a waiter at a restaurant. It had just opened up and I was with a whole team of other servers that were being hired and we sat through the orientation. Being a server at a restaurant uh, was intense and it was very stressful. But I remember that just a couple weeks in, the owner would stay in the kitchen during the busiest dinner shifts and he would literally scream and cuss at the staff the entire evening. Customers could hear it from out in the dining room and they would ask about it. And we even had some people just get up and leave. It was horrible. Like everybody ended up quitting. I'm telling you, this was one angry dude. And now all of these, the the passive aggressive or the ignorer or the exploder, like anger always leads to isolation. Anger always leads to isolation. Luke tells us this with the demon-possessed man in, in verse 29. Listen to what he said, tells us. Many times it, the demon, had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Because that's really interesting to me, solitary places. See, that's the desire of our enemy, the devil, That's the desire he has for your life and mine. If you allow anger to continue to control you, whether you're the passive aggressive or the ignorer or the exploder, anger will leave you bitter, lonely, trapped in negativity and without joy. But of course, you know this. And and you don't have to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus to have experienced it. Or to have been the victim of this monster and someone else. So here's the deal the evil one wants to keep you angry. And if he can keep you angry, he can keep you controlled. And if he can keep you controlled, he can push you away from other people in your life and keep you distanced from the voice of your heavenly father. And your anger will be the root of it all. Now there's something else. Like the bite of a werewolf in legend, anger can spread from one person to another. Like anger breeds anger, doesn't it? It's contagious. One wolf bites another person and that person becomes a werewolf, and then they run in packs and they bite more people. Now I could tell you, seriously, countless times where I've walked into the house, you know, after having a a long, hard day at work and I'm angry about something. Oh, I don't know, it was like something at work or, or, or something from home the night before. Something happened, right? And when I start to lash out at my family, give the cold shoulder, or ignore what's going on with my wife and kids, it's amazing how quickly My anger can spread to everyone in the house. And before you know it, like my wife is yelling at the kids and the kids are yelling at each other. And now we're running late to the next thing because we were so busy being angry and arguing. Now keep in mind, okay? Everyone was doing okay before I walked into the house. But my contagious anger, like caught, And it spread like wildfire and it burned up everything and everyone in its path. I mean, you've seen this happen. It's happened to you. It's happened because of you. Now we find more wisdom in the ancient Jewish texts. This one from Proverbs chapter 15, starting with verse 1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. This one from Proverbs in the 29th chapter, verse 11. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Listen, listen guys, anger's natural. It's not a sin to be angry. Like anger can be a good thing when it drives us to desire the love and the mercy and the justice that God desires. But sin takes hold when we let the anger control our words, control our actions, and control our attitudes, and when it spreads out to others. So what do we do? What do we do about it? I want you to look at what Paul says when he writes his letter to the Christians in the city of Philippi. And this is in Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 6. He says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, guys, when anger raises its ugliness in us or in the people around us, let's pray. Let's pray for what's going on inside of our hearts and not just the things or the situations around us. We need to pray. We need to be a people of prayer. It's it's a tool against the evil one. God is the one who can heal our wild anger. He promises those who trust him that he will send his Holy Spirit, who is the power of God, working in our lives. Like, look at the words that Paul gives to the Galatian Christians. In Galatians chapter 5, he says this in, in verse 22. He says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You see, church, this is the silver bullet that kills the werewolf inside of us. When you and I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives, In the account of Jesus' encounter with the demon-possessed man, Jesus ends up driving out the demons from this man, and he's completely healed. Now, the people who had kicked this man out of his home and had run him out of town, the same people who had tried to tie him up because of his wild, angry behavior, they come running out to see what's happened. And we pick up a bit of this in Luke chapter 8 in verse 35 it says a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons he was sitting at Jesus's feet fully clothed and perfectly sane verse 37 and 39 say this so Jesus returned to the boat and left crossing back to the other side of the lake the man who had been freed from the demons like he begged to go with him but Jesus sent him home saying, and this is verse 39, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Do you want to be done with the anger that is controlling you and driving away people in your life, if you want to experience less anger and isolation and cynicism and more of God's Spirit stirring and producing in your life, then just pray and give control to, over to your Heavenly Father. Do you want to champion for the people in your life who are angry and help them experience God's power? then pray for them. And honestly, sometimes, with the help of a counselor or trusted Christian friends, you may need for a season to get away from them. But listen, we cannot do this on our own. Jesus fights for us. And He's going to do the work in you. And you and I need to let Him in and do what He does best. He's the one who drives out the wild anger. Jesus has always been in the business of transformation. It's why he went to the cross and took away the penalty for your sin and mine. Because left on my own, like I can't kill the sin on my own. We need him and he willingly gives us all of himself. Jesus promises us full and abundant life in him. We've got To give control over to God's Holy Spirit. Control your anger before it controls you. And so here's an action step for us to take away today. Commit to praying each day this week for God to provide self-control and peace in and through you. Would you pray with me? Father God, We trust your spirit. We need the power of your spirit to do its transforming work in producing in our lives peace and self-control and love and joy because we are tired, Father, of suffering from anger and cynicism and isolation. God, heal us of this attitude of those actions, of that sin that creeps in and wants to take hold. You're the only one who can do it, and you are the master at transforming. Thank you for Jesus, who changes us, who saves us, who is our King and our Redeemer. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.